Lights, camera, action. And nothing unites people like someone dying. Yeah. Honestly, it's sad and it's true though. The candy corn industry is a money laundering front. What's the worst like acid trip you've ever had? Well, this is Red Band Podcast, baby. Movies, music, conspiracies, deep existential crises. It's all inside and it's all unfiltered. So let's get started. This is the big one, man. This is huge. This is the one we've been talking about since we started the podcast. I I don't see a lot of discourse about this. Maybe mm-hmm. it happened when the shows were out. Maybe. Maybe when they ended. I haven't really heard this discussion, which is cool because we get to go into it with like an unbiased kind of clean slate. We're, yeah. we're bringing our own minds to it and uh, multiple minds because we have a special guest too today, which is my very own brother and office parks and rec enthusiast, Noah. How's it going? Welcome to the show. We, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. This yeah. is a, this is a jam packed episode and I don't, I don't even know like how you approach a topic like this office versus parks and rec. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if the conversation starts with which one's better I don't even know if you can have that conversation. Some somebody might like. There's going to be diehards of either side, but sure. There's just there's a lot to unpack. I think we start with the Office. That show came first. It did, and that's also the show that I was introduced to first. And fun fact, I actually hated the show. Really? Mm-hmm. Initially, because it would come on like on regularly scheduled program, like the CW or something. Yeah, so I would be yeah. watching. Seinfeld, Friends, or whatever in that order. And then this show would come on, and I'd be like, oh, this one again? I don't even get this show. It's not even funny. I you thought, what show. a downgrade yeah, from yeah. those other shows. Yeah. yeah. I was like, let me see Phoebe and Ross and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> let me see their antics again. I yeah. don't know what this show is about. And I would always change the channel every time it came on. And then one day it clicked, and I just sat and I watched one episode. And my life was never the same. So my question is then, you must have never watched it when it was airing as it was airing. This is all post the final episode. When no, you're seeing this, it on CW, okay. No, this was, uh, they were still, the show was still on. When I okay. when I was hating on the show, Steve Carell hadn't even left yet. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And then um, I started getting into it. And then I'll openly admit, I've never cried at a movie or a TV show ever. I'm still undefeated to this day. Yeah. But the closest, one of the closest times I ever got was the episode when Steve Carell left. Yeah. 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 That one started to get me. Wow. And I watched that because I think they were streaming the new episodes at the time on Hulu or something like that. Right. And, uh, but anyway, yeah. So The Office, that's where I got started. And then I will also openly admit this. Love the show. Some might disagree with whether or not I'm a diehard fan simply because I've actually never finished the show. I've seen the last episode. Right. I watched the last episode when it came out. But there's a gap there between when Steve Carell left and the last episode that I kind of tapered off. Like, I don't think I've seen season eight or nine. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, very foggy for me. Now, I might argue you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Noah, okay. What do you think about that? You're not really missing a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve Carell was, you know, pretty much the rock of the show. Mm-hmm. So when he leaves, I feel like they ran out a lot of story to yeah. continue with. So there wasn't a whole lot of things to dissect from there. Uh, it was basically just. 
the decline of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the only thing I think you should go back and check out is Will Ferrell's three or four episode run. I have seen those. <laughs> okay, you have so seen So I those. think I, I've seen probably about a season and a half for sure after he left. Right, okay. Because yeah. I saw all that. I saw when that. Uh, yeah, Will Ferrell came in. I've seen a little bit when Andy's taken over. Yes. Um, even a little bit of Dwight. And I around the time that they start doing like the saber, like triangle, whatever. I don't even remember what that was about. <laughs> yeah. And when they start doing that stuff is when I like fell off. And I remember coming back in a little bit and seeing that Jim was like trying to move to Philadelphia and start like a sports something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it gets very sporadic with with that for me. So I think but I think I've seen all of season six or seven. Whenever mm-hmm. Michael left, like a season after. It's pretty crazy that he left not that far into the show, it feels like. And then they made a bunch more seasons without him. When yeah. I'm like, he left season five or six. That's pretty insane. That's not, yeah. you know, Breaking Bad's five seasons. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, shit. I mean, they should have just. But I don't know. I mean. Our enthusiasts here, I'm wondering, like, do you think, do you feel the same way? Do you think, like, it should have just ended, or do you think they had to do what they had to do? I mean, it was the end of Michael's story, but it wasn't the end of everyone else's. I like that. So, you know, I feel like a lot of people want to see how Jim and Pam's relationship pans out, because they are everyone's favorite. Hell, I mean, even Angela and Dwight, everyone wants to know... What's going to happen with that? You know, they're very off and on throughout the seasons. So (laughs) it's true. There there are multiple story threads still that and characters. Yeah. To explore. But I also feel like the office was around the same era. And I think we're entering a different era right now where Mm. a TV show's success and stuff is measured by how long it can actually go for. Right. You look at friends Mm -hmm. when 10 seasons, you look at a show that's even older than that married with children Right. Any of my married with children fans out there comes on four in the morning. Sometimes that's the only time you can see it, but great show. Ed O'Neill. Um, that was like 10 seasons. Yeah. Modern family nowadays. They just ended a couple years ago, 11 seasons. Wow. Uh, it's always sunny, right? Sunny. It's like how 50 seasons. Yeah. Or all your cartoons, family guy, Simpsons. Grey's Anatomy is like 20 seasons. Fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. It's Grey's Anatomy. So I think they were in that era too mm-hmm. of that. Whereas nowadays, you got Breaking Bad, yeah, five seasons. There's this other show on Netflix I've talked about a couple times called Love, three seasons. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, we're still in the midst of Euphoria, but I see Euphoria not going past five seasons, right? If that, right? And I, maybe that's just dramas. Maybe yeah. dramas tend they're like mm, unless you're Grey's Anatomy and you're on t- season twenty. <laughs> but um, so yeah, and I mean, then you look at Parks and Rec. Mm. What seven seasons was that? Seven. Something like that. So that's my interesting piece of this. You never finished The Office. I never finished Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. And I also didn't watch the last episode. Okay. I may have only seen about four seasons of that. You know, the the first four seasons are solid. So good. Solid of Parks and Rec, which we'll get to. Yes. But anyway, so yeah, The Office, I think I read somewhere that the cast actually came to them and were like, it's probably time to wrap this thing up. Yeah. So who's to say, you know, that they, they, they might've gone longer. Now, do either of you guys know why Steve Carell left? Cause I don't, I've never looked into that. Unless I remember incorrectly, I think it was just one of those things where he wanted to explore other 
opportunities. I think he wanted to do more movies, take on bigger roles. Yeah. Which now you see his career I mean, he has. I mean, the man has a monster career now. Yeah. He's done comedies. He's done dramas. He's done co- movies that are Oscar nominated. Yeah. So right move for him. He knew. He, absolutely he was like, knew. I'm the guy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, then you look at John Krasinski too. Oh he went God. on to skyrocket. Acting, directing, A Quiet Place. Yes. Married Emily Blunt. I mean, he's living the life. He's living the good That's the biggest dub. Yeah. yeah. The Office is, it's amazing. I mean, I don't see, the, I understand some people, and there's even a part of me that feels like the post-Office renaissance kind of, it, I wouldn't say diminishes the show, but you get a lot of posers running around. Yeah. You hear mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of posers running around who put, I love the office in their fucking Tinder bios. <laughs> right. And you're like, honey, like you don't even know, like that's your comfort show, but do yeah. you understand? Right. And mm. that's how I look at them in that way. So a lot of posers running around, but the office really is, it's kind of that, how would you say almost like a deconstruction of like the sitcom. Like you said, there's Seinfeld, mm-hmm. you're watching some friends and then you got the office, you yeah. know, and it kind of exists. And I mean, like it, it really, it really propped up that mockumentary style. Cause before that, I don't know how much that was a thing. I don't even know. The only thing I could maybe think of was Reno 911, but I don't know the timeline right. of which Reno 911 was hot and I've never seen the show, but I know it's like, right. It's supposed to look like cops mm-hmm. mockumentary style. And obviously, for anyone who doesn't know by now, this show originally was a British television show. Yeah, right. Created by Ricky Gervais. And then, of course, Ricky Gervais was a writer, producer, whatever, on the American version of it. But you're right. I mean, I think The Office really launched the mockumentary look and feel. You even have shows now like Brooklyn Nine-Nine where it's not a mockumentary, but the style of it is semi-mockumentary where they have those zooms, they have the punch-ins, the quick whips. Absolutely. I I don't know. I just love, I love what that allows you to do for comedy. Mm -hmm. There's, there's so many bits, um, which is why when we did our show, the Z team, which is on YouTube, shameless plug, check it out. Go. That was a really easy route to go for students. For someone who has little to no money to make something, you yeah. can make a mockumentary comedy and it just, it works. Mm-hmm. You can have minimal lighting set up. You can have a shot that maybe the sky's a little bit more blown out because it's supposed to look raw. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe there's like a science there where it's a little more relatable to people. We're like, oh, this feels somewhat more real, more grounded. I can relate immediately to what's happening here but there are people like my mom for some reason she just can't get into the show huh which like i said earlier is where i was at initially so maybe the mockumentary thing it's that that's such a different format that people aren't used to they're used to the standard sitcom setup joke setup joke three camera setup whatever right is a little bit different but the show itself you mentioned earlier about the tinder bio yeah yeah yeah. definitely been on that but i test I test. You I test. say, what's your favorite episode? Really? Yeah. You're an office fan. What's your favorite episode? So what's your favorite episode? If you had to pick one, cause I've got mine. Let me sit on that one for a second. All right. I got no, you. Let I, me hit you with yeah, my personal hit, hit favorite. With, hit, yeah. My personal favorite is the dinner party episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one. 
for whatever reason, no matter how many times I've seen it, it gets me every single time. Plus, the bloopers from it are almost even better than the episode itself. It's just, there's something about it, man. It's gold. It's a golden episode. Yes. The drama, the cringe, the uncomfortability, the like, the jokes. Oh, my God. It's my favorite episode. Yeah. I think you're on point, and that has to be in my top five. I, I ran through I ran through my head a little bit, and I think there's a part of me where I think my favorite episode, and I don't remember if it's a two-parter, but kind of where, where Jim and Pam stay at Dwight's farm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I just, I think the reason I like that episode is because they use that, like, that setting of outside of the office to just, mm-hmm. like, abstractly expand upon this character of fucking Dwight. You get the Moe's in there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, that's, that's, I think that's has to be my favorite because they play with that. They play with it so much and, and they, and they really like, you know, it's one thing when Dwight's inside the office saying all this crazy shit, like, you know, Oh, this is the kind of person I am outside of here. But when you get to see the kind of person he is outside of there and then they really just turn it into this bizarre, almost like, children of the corny type fucking weird shit cult i don't know what's going on you know it's i mean it's not like they're showing that but like that's the feeling you almost get where you're like are these people okay like is this like an inbred family or something (laughs) yeah yeah you know what i mean like what's going on here so i I think that's my favorite what about you i got at least two but i'd say the dinner party yeah um especially now peacock has the extended version mm-hmm. they do the suit they're like the super office fan episode and wow i need hilarious. to go see that because i haven't yet it's fantastic i've yeah. seen it probably about four times now i think another one of my favorites is ah, oh, what is it they send michael to the michael and dwight to that convention mm-hmm. and he throws a party in the hotel room yeah. that nobody comes to <laughs> <laughs> and one guy straggles in and the doors open and there's like music and drinks and the guy's like looking around like is this the party? Yeah. <laughs> Michael's like, party central. What can I fix you? And the guy's already walked away. He's, yeah. a drink. He's like, all right. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Good one. Well, I think that that's what scene you just described really encapsulates like what is so charming about the office. And it is, as I've always heard it, it's like Michael Scott is this overcompensating sad man with the biggest heart in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a relatable pr- protagonist. Yeah. You know, a little more than friends in New York City who have a sky rise loft and work like jobs that could never pay for that. They or, work like 10 hours a week. Yeah, they work like 10 hours <laughs> a week and work. hang out with each other all the time. Yeah. Or like Jerry Seinfeld, who's Jerry fucking Seinfeld, the, the fucking star comedian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who just does the same shit. And yeah. it's like, but you got this like Michael Scott. He works this like middle class job. He's just trying to make it in the world. He's just another guy, you know, and he just wants to make people laugh. But he's just so insecure. And yet... He loves harder than anyone has ever loved. And actually, I think the subversive nature of him, too, because and he represents the boss very well. Right. Well, maybe not, because most bosses actually suck. But yeah. like, he, you know, he's I mean, he sucks, but he doesn't suck in a way that's like evil. It's like, you know, he's just like kind of annoying. But, you know, I think um, the subversion of it and just like by having this 
this guy who at first glance, and I think that's why it, with Ricky Gervais, it's great, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that. What, what Steve Carell had with that lighthearted, like Ricky Gervais, he can have that, but he, you know him. He, and I don't even think he, he's just kind of brash. He's a fucking British kind of asshole. Like yeah. that's yeah. just his deal. <clears throat> but so to have Steve Carell, someone who can play the character that way uh, and still do that, but then have that side of him where you just want to give him a hug and that, yeah. and that you as the audience member, you're, you're kind of confused, especially in those early on seasons where his antics are super, super high and you don't know how you feel about him yet. And you're just kind of sitting there like, boy, he's like, he's, if he was my boss, he would annoy me so much. Yeah. And, and yet I want to coddle him like a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a lot of people hate Michael. And I think it's just because they see a lot of themselves in him. So mm. it's hard for them mm. to like, like, you know, someone who tries their hardest to be outgoing, have the most friends they can have. And yet they can't. And they live a sad life and they're bachelors, bachelorettes. And all they want is, a you know, a nice, big, juicy life with a family and tons of friends that are always there for them and have their back and they can't. Mm. So I think that really pisses them off and gives them a reason to hate Michael. Get wrecked. Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. And, and, and then, and, and, and they'd rather, you know, have a look at Jim and Pam who are actively kind of engaging in that. Mm -hmm. And And they have the perfect fairy tale. Exactly. Brilliantly said. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an expertise. Yes. That is office expertise, baby. Yeah. And to have a character that you simultaneously want to scream at and hug is great. Yes. The office too. what I really respected as a, <clears throat> as a fellow creator myself <laughs> is just the fact of how many cast members are actually writers as well mm. on the show. You got Mindy Kaling, BJ Novak, who played Ryan and Kelly Kapoor. You've got um, one of, Dwight's cousins, Moe's or no, I don't think it's Moe's. I think it's the other one. Yeah. That's he's a, he's a writer on the name? show. He's as well. the showrunner. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, he's show the showrunner of parks and rec. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So he was a, a producer writer on the office and then created parks and rec. There you go. I cannot remember huh. his name off the top of my head, but the only reason I've got kind of into him is because I listened to this Dan Lebitard show. It's a sports show. And he's big involved with them. And that's mm. when I like Dan did an interview with him. And that's when I like my, my eyes were open. I was like, this is the guy. Yeah. You're telling me Mose was the guy. So yeah. And, uh, same with Toby. Yes. Him <laughs> and his brother. Okay. And his brother, I think was married at one time to Angela. Wow. For a little, for a little bit of a run there. I believe if, if I remember that correctly. And so, yeah, just as like someone who, who is in this realm. I like the idea because I've done that too. I've worn many hats where I write something and I'm also in it just due to lack of resources. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I really liked about the show too. And it, it's, I don't know, it's just made it more relatable to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it, it's crazy how it became a fucking melting pot of talent. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, you got something special on your hands. Other shows like that. I mean, obviously parts and rec, um, the Atlanta comes to mind. Modern yeah. Family. Yeah, Modern Family. Atlanta, where every, each member of the cast became huge movie stars all around. Euphoria. Euphoria, yeah. A lot of huge movie stars coming out of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just Zendaya. 
So, yeah, when you get that melting pot of of creativity and of people who are going to be stars and are going to be able to have their own, like, personal careers after this, even if it's not just in front of the camera, because I imagine BJ Novak has done other things, even though he's usually a little guy in some movie Mm -hmm. afterwards. You know, Mindy's had many shows. Krasinski, as we just talked about. So BJ's got a movie coming out this year. Yeah. BJ, um, yeah, that yeah. he's directing and starring in, and I was an extra in it. What? what? Yeah, they filmed it out here. <clears throat> they did. Okay, and it sucked because it was like, <clears throat> man, it was probably about a week before everything here shut down right. for pandemic reasons. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this summer, I believe July of this year, it's slated to come out. Real quick, what's it called? Right now, I think it's called Vengeance. Okay. Ooh. A little bad. So it's supposed to be sequel. like a, a comedy, dark comedy. I like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got BJ Novak, Ashton Kutcher, Ooh. Dove Cameron, which Dove Cameron <sighs> was in all the scenes that I was on set for. Not Kutcher. They shot it here at uh, dirty bourbon. Okay. So that's where I was. Love that. Hey, so if you want to see me in the background at a bar scene, <laughs> go check out this movie in July, I guess is when it's coming out. I haven't seen a trailer yet, but <clears throat> so we need to go ahead and just because it was brought up. You know, we need to give Michael Schur, that's the name. Michael Schur. Okay, I can't great. believe I forgot it. We need to give him his dues. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a co-executive producer, producer uh, of The Office, and I think that's where his deal started more. He was also a writer on SNL or a producer. So that started with The Office, but he wasn't yeah. like the showrunner, but he became the the lead writer. Well, I believe he became the lead writer, and mm-hmm. obviously Mindy and BJ were there, and then I think maybe they elevated who and yeah. he was more producer potentially and still a writer. He is the executive producer and I believe creator and showrunner of Parks and Rec. Awesome. He is then he did the Good Place, executive producer and I believe oh. showrunner. Wow. And then also Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh shit! Well, we the, just hmm. talked about that. There you go. So he's so that's the guy. Like his, that's his style. He likes yeah. that kind of comedic style and vision. And so, um, I mean. Great. Michael Schur. Good yeah. shit. There you go. Good shit. The other thing I also just love about The Office is how every now and then they would pop off with an intro mm. that just came from left field and you were like, holy shit, what an opening. Oh. Two that come to mind are obviously the fire episode. <laughs> the <laughs> fucking, oh my God. Yes. Dwight starts a fire to test everyone's uh, fire readiness skills. Yeah. And that intro is like insanity. One of my all-time favorite intros and then the other one that i can think of that just was like oh my god is okay no now i thought of two more yeah okay so when michael steps on the the george foreman grill (laughs) and burns his foot and dwight the opening to that is like the phone call obviously and dwight is like obviously so eager to go help him right and so he runs down and he like you hear his car and then you hear a crash and everyone (laughs) runs to the window to look out and he crashed into a pole yes like oh my god is he okay and he like stumbles out and then he stumbles to the back of his car and throws up all over the window (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes and he drives off. And the rest of the episode, he's unlike himself because he has a major concussion. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and then obviously you've got the classic. I mean, this one has been the the shots of this one have been thrown around everywhere. And that's when Michael runs yes. over Meredith. <laughs> and he's like, I think that was the start of season whatever, two or three. I think it was. And he's like, I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm, you know, my people are doing great. I am blessed. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it's Meredith. 
Now, I thought you were going to say Kevin dropping the chili. Oh, that's a oh, that's oh, another man. one. Kevin right? dropping the chili. Iconic. That that's true. That's got to be the most uh, top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because those top other five. three, absolutely mm-hmm. too. Yeah. No, the cold open is such a wonderful device. It is. And, I love a yeah. good cold open. Maybe an honorable mention when uh, he's coming back to start Michael Scott Paper Company, and he mm-hmm. pulls up. And he's, it's Britney, bitch. Yes, <laughs> and then. He tries to park and hits both of the cars, and he's like, I'm not going to fit in this one. (laughs) (laughs) And then he fits in the tightest space possible. (laughs) He climbs out of his car. I actually think... Cheese puffs. I think season five might be one of my favorite season of all the seasons. Mm. Season five was just so solid. That's when you... And I think it was really long, too, like 20-plus episodes. Yeah, That was when you had the whole arc of... Michael being disrespected by Dunder Mifflin. He leaves. Idris Elba comes in for like a stint of episodes. He starts Michael Scott Paper Company. He comes back at the end. That's got to be one of my favorite seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's ironically, it sounds like it was close to when he was leaving. So they really hit their stride at that point. Yeah. That might have been. Maybe he knew. Maybe he knew. Like this was the peak of what I'm going to do with this show. Time to. And I guess, though, what, what comes to mind with that is. A kind of almost not knowing what to do with his character and kind of almost realizing that we have two options. We you got Michael Scott Paper Company. Okay, that can only play out so long. What is his motivation? He wants a wife, a family. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Do you keep him lingering around not getting what he wants, even though you've already done that for five seasons? Or, you know, I (laughs) feel like maybe they wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner. And there's a part of me now that you're saying that, that I would have loved to see him like have kids on the show Mm -hmm. and like how he, Mm -hmm. you know, he has to bring them to work and how he deals with that and trying to raise them. And I mean, we kind of see a little tiny glimpse of it. When Jan has her baby. Yeah. And, but he doesn't even like that kid. Like (laughs) episode he held, he talked about how much he loves holding babies and that when he held that one, he felt nothing. Right. (laughs) Gave it away right away. Yeah. So, but then, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like maybe there's only so much, maybe we don't need to see that from him. Maybe we're like, he finally did it. Let's just in our heads, imagine that he's living the life he always wanted. But now that you're saying that, thinking about if he would have stayed around and what they could have did. They actually could have done stuff with him. They should have. And that would, would have been a moment, right? Michael Scott has a baby. That could have been a whole season leading That's up to his. that. That's his. Funny <laughs> antics around the pregnancy, you know, like I could have imagined Michael Scott, yeah, you know, like doing funny stuff. Maybe he gets a pregnancy test. He pees on it himself, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like something like that, you know? He's like practicing for her. <laughs> and I mean, to an extent, we had a glimpse of that. I mean, he had Dwight push a watermelon out between his legs. <laughs> yeah. For a baby that wasn't even going to be his. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So, so we kind of did kind see. Of know mm. what type of person he would be if he was to be expecting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, so that's, and like my, my, I haven't seen the rest of Parks and Rec, but it's not an argument to say the office is bad it's not it's amazing but one of the things that hinders it is just michael leaving running like two seasons too long or three and then you know and then it's done and it's like ooh, 
you know, if we're having an argument or not even an argument, but if we're just having a little bit of a, a, a brainstorm about office and parks and rec, that, that kind of, and we don't want, and not everyone likes to talk about that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's been revived in a way that's, you know, it can do no wrong, but it's like, but it, it did it. It kind of did, you know? <laughs> and I think you bring up, you, you reminded me of something too. Right now it's very hip yes. and cool to hate the office. It, you're right. Just like how it was, it was very hip and cool to hate Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. No. Yeah. Right now it's very cool to hate two things, friends yeah. and the office. Right. The office ain't, isn't even funny. The office is garbage. Never been funny. That's the cool. That's what's trending right now is to hate the office. Why? Mm. I don't fucking know. Yeah. No clue. Well, the other thing too is I don't know how it happened or why it happened, but when the office first came out, it tanked hard. Mm. I think they almost got their show canceled out in like the second season. Like it was just not doing well. Mm. Um, even all the actors and stuff, they were just saying like, uh, I don't know what we can do from here. Yeah. Their ratings were bad. Everything was going downhill. And now, what is it like? I don't even remember how many years later. And it just came up out of nowhere and just sparked a fire. And like young kids who don't work, you know, the idea is to be working in an office. It's an office, you know, set. But yeah, it just came back out of nowhere. And now it's back at the phase where everyone wants to hate on it. And I think it's mm. just because they have nothing else to hate on. Ooh. Mm hmm. Direct. Again, mm. you guys are just getting right jab, left jab today. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Everyone my age is pretty stupid. So I agree with that. I mean, they I don't do have agree an original this. thought in their mind. I love so it. they just go with whatever's trending. Oh, Man, you guys are getting salt and peppered today on the face. <laughs> Let's get it. This is the talks I love. Yeah. How old are you exactly? Just uh, 20, almost right. 21. Hey, ladies, you hear that? No. You hear that? <laughs> don't be stupid, none of you. Yeah, I think you make a valid point, though. You're right. You know, just like when it was time to like The Office, that's that's all people did. Mm -hmm. And then the second it turned on it, that's all people are doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. My question is, or not question, but you brought up a great point. And so I can't remember correctly. I almost think this is how it happened for me, though. And that's why, similar to Breaking Bad, The Office going on Netflix in the, in the midst of its running is what brought it up mm -hmm. in the beginning and like same with breaking bad like breaking bad season one kind of tanked season two was you know people were interested by the time season three is coming out it's on netflix and everyone's losing their fucking minds so it yeah. seems like i think the same thing happened with the office right does anyone it sounds about right yeah because i mean and i'll be honest if you've watched season one of the office I'll be honest, dry. It is dry. It is group. pretty dry. And yeah. it, I mean, it looks nowadays, it looks outdated. Right. For sure. And so I think it's unfortunately, unfortunately, one of those things where you need to kind of get over that hump. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And, and when you do, you will be rewarded greatly because, um, I mean, it only gets better in my opinion, for sure. It gets better. It doesn't get worse. That's for, well after Michael leaves, but yeah, the season one, it's short. I think they only had like five episodes. Five. Something five. Like that. Yeah. Five episodes. And <clears throat> it's definitely not their peak. And so if people are judging it based off season one, you're missing it. Well, and that's what people do, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with Bojack Horseman. You know, people are always like, you know, I watched three episodes of Bojack Horseman and I thought this show was 
pretty weird and lame. And then you're like, but did you watch episode six? Cause as soon as it hits episode six mm-hmm. from that point forward, it becomes like the greatest show ever. So it's yeah. the same thing with the office, right? Yeah. And the office, uh, like we said earlier, was almost an experiment for America with this style yeah. of show and comedy. So season one, those first five episodes, yeah, I mean, they're they're probably still experimenting and figuring out timing and cuts. And even if you watch it, the cuts mm. that they do are so different from even season two. Yeah. Like they do a lot of interesting cutaways and they do a lot of like establishing shots around the office, little like like fax machine going, just people typing on their computers that are no more the rest of the, the season, right? They right. use the time a lot more effectively. Mm. So those kinds of things, if people are judging it off that, you're definitely missing it. Um, you you got to give it more than just the first five episodes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then, of course, now we have the conversation of if this show was out now, huh. it would be canceled so fast. So, And Steve Carell has said this himself. He was like, in today's climate, this show would not, it would not run. Michael Scott as a character would not be right cleared for takeoff <laughs> so that's the confusion right it's like it, it got its resurgence in the modern era mm-hmm. of people who claim to be upstanding politically correct individuals you know who are putting it on their on their dating profiles that they love the office but it's true like if it was airing right now mm-hmm. that's what what people would follow right, right? It was like no but that's what's crazy, and that's what makes these shows so great, especially, um, is that they were pretty um, simple television comedies that aired on prime time, mm-hmm. and they had that tinge of, you know, dark humor. They had that tinge of elevating, you know, you think about the even the idea of Creed. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> You're like, that's this, like, underlying tone of, like, this guy's, like, a straight-up serial killer <laughs> insane person. Like, when he shows up on Halloween with bloodstains on his shirt, and <laughs> right. he's like, that timing was perfect or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was convenient. <laughs> so, the if that can't exist anymore, if you can't get a primetime comedy, which you can't, uh, that that is willing to push the envelope a little bit, which you won't have anymore, that's not a world I want to live in. Yeah. A world where the office can't make it. Who wants to live in that world? Yeah. Where the, the comedy in the office. And that's what's stupid is that to, to think that the office is considered pushing the envelope. That blows my mind to think right. that like, oh, if we were to make the office today, that would be, they'd be pushing it. We'd be crossing the line. The fuck out of my face. And that's the point of Michael Scott's character. Exactly. He's your boss. Who's a little inappropriate, who needs to sit in a sexual harassment training seminar every once in a while, <laughs> you know, who needs some racial sensitivity training. If anything, it should thrive more in this climate. If anything, people should would should be more open to it because it would show a, an accurate depiction of exactly what kind of we are doing now, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, hey, that's a little you know, boss, we need you to sit down and, and, and get and watch this video, you know, now, because, you know, you, you talked about your, 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 uh, your desk receptionist boobies, you know? (laughs) And so that's like, that's, so that's the problem with that, right? Is you're Mm -hmm. right. And Steve Carell's right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't thrive now, which is laughable because that's the point of the show. Yeah. 
Yeah. And to yeah. think, uh, you know, I mean, you brought up the, the racial training too. You got diversity day, which is literally episode two of the entire show. <laughs> and you see how he just makes that worse too. And that's, <laughs> that's the point of his character is like, yeah. he, he tries so hard that it actually hurts him. Right. <laughs> like, he, he tries so hard to do good and, and the harder he tries, the worse it gets. Yes. And that's why you want to give him a hug at the end of the day. You want to choke him, but you want to give him a hug. And on that, I think, you know, we've touched on favorite episode now. Do you have a favorite character? Do you mm. have a character that you absolutely hate? Ooh. Obviously, if you're Michael Scott, you hate Toby. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. that. I love his hate for Toby. I love when that when Toby walks in the room, <laughs> Michael's like, why are you here? <laughs> and of course, the opening when Toby returns and you got Michael screaming no. Yeah. And only a way that Steve Carell could do is phenomenal. Yes. I love the episode when he's saying goodbye to Toby and he's throwing yes. a literal carnival in the parking lot. <laughs> <of that. laughs> and he makes a song of, I mean, God, his hate for Toby is just I love it. beautiful. It's poetic. Once again, relatable. So relatable. there's always that one person in your life who Absolutely. you just don't like. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so if you have a favorite character, you have a character that you just hate or you thought was like, eh. For me, it's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah. For sure, it's hard to pick a favorite. I think there's two characters that I kind of can't stand. And that is Gabe. Mm. Gabe is just like fucking oh dude you're so annoying you just want to snap him in half yeah your fucking face and then at most of the time it's like a love hate though with Ryan we're right. like man you're such a fucking douche <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point I mean they, they all did great jobs portraying their characters right. right like you're such a douche and you love to hate him huh. yeah by the way I just want to say the thing about Gabe is that the actor I I like Silicon Valley mm-hmm. because it allows that actor to be that kind of character, but like rated R mm-hmm. and that's why I think it works better. Okay. okay. <laughs> and that's why I think in Silicon Valley that, that guy is, is a lot better. Um, hot take. I don't like Andy. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay, he's probably yeah. my least favorite character. Mm. He's just, he, and that's why he's so good. That's mm-hmm. why Ed Helms is great. That's why Ed Helms could only play Andy, mm-hmm. but he's just, and I'm, I'm just not a fan. Like if I worked in that office, he would be my Toby. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? I'd be mm. like this fucking guy. And he's just like fucking playing a goddamn banjo or guitar or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I'd just be like up rolling my fucking eyes and talking about his alma mater and fucking Cornell. whatever. Yeah. yeah, Cornell exactly. yeah. <laughs> so Andy has to be my least favorite. I'm impartial on Jim. I got to say, mm-hmm. I like him, but he's I would never put him anywhere in my favorites category. Okay. Um, I love John Krasinski. Love John Krasinski. Um, but but Jim, you know, I I and maybe I'm maybe I need to rewatch. Um, and then of course, yeah, I think my favorites gotta be like I like Michael, I like Dwight. Those are of course. I kind of like Angela. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I've never heard anyone just say that. because. Her character is so such a wonderful portrayal of like, you know, that 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 double life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the that, uptight, like yeah. goody goody. 
but I'm also tight goody goody, but she'll rock your world in the fucking in the copy room. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because she's got she's got suppressed sexuality from her fucking her religious trauma or some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? And so I I like Angela for that reason, just because I think she's interesting. So that's kind of my like my uh, guilty pleasure character too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even Mindy's fucking hilarious. And oh yeah, I, and, and, I think and she got. Yeah. That's the thing too. Real quick is that the characters changed a lot too from right. season one. You look at Kevin. Yes, Kevin's character, who he didn't even have the like voice that he has the rest of the season. He didn't have that in season one. Right. You look at Mindy too. She was a lot more like quiet mm-hmm. and kind of just awkward. And then in like season two or three is when she became Kelly Kapoor. Yes. With this like yammering like blah, 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 blah. oh my god did you see brad pitt angelina this this that and so i think the characters grew and changed and finally settled into themselves around season two or three yeah and the reason i like mindy kelly is that like i feel like although i feel like the reason i like her is a lot of the reasons some people might not like her mm-hmm. but i think she she literally mindy herself injected a lot of what that show needed, which was kind of like a colorful character who was kind of just very like modern, very invested in pop culture, very invested in the zeitgeist, just yeah. because none none of the other characters are like that. Right. And so I couldn't imagine the show without her kind of being like that, you know, yeah. that type of person. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to say, um, yeah, those are probably those are probably my my top four. I like I like Michael, Dwight, Angela, and and Kelly. And on your comment about Andy, I definitely agree. He's certainly not my favorite, but I think he I hated him most when he was first introduced. Mm-hmm. Like that first season when he's working at the whatever branch, the other branch, Stanford branch. Yeah, yeah. the Stanford branch. Yeah. And then when he gets transferred over, I think when he comes back from his anger management <laughs> <he's forced laughs> okay, to, yeah. after putting a hole in the wall. I liked him better because he was like, like in the episode when Dwight is trying to beat the computer yeah. for most sales and he's just there dancing with the air horn and like yeah. <laughs> becomes a little cheerleader and like that small <laughs> feud that, that the two of them have. And when he's playing the banjo at Christmas, right. Those are some of his redeemable moments when I'm like, you know, I kind of like Andy. And once again, that's great writing because mm-hmm. the way the character presents himself is like this very easygoing, like positive guy who is shown to have underlying anger issues. And I forgot about that completely. And you're right. Like that's, that's what that, that's the, how that kind of person is literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. That's true. That's good stuff. Here we go. Let's mm. do it. I don't like Phyllis. Mm. Phyllis. Drop it. I don't like the way she says popcorn. popcorn. I didn't even fucking popcorn. think about her. So that's how forgettable she is. No, I'm just kidding. That's not. <laughs> Oh. Well, she was, um, fun fact about her. She was actually like one of the casting people. That's true. Huh? She was in huh. casting at the time. And then she started reading with the actors and then they were like, why don't you just play the character of Phyllis? Like you're great. Yeah. Okay. So you don't like Phyllis. I don't like Phyllis. Yeah. I don't know what exactly it is about her, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's really hard to pinpoint it. There's just a lot of different things that I just can't like about her. And I can't also find any reasons to like her either. Yeah, yeah. She's a very in-between. Like, I can't pinpoint why I don't like her, but Mm -hmm. I also can't like her. I wonder if it's the soft Mm -hmm. nature about her. The, like, mother goose, mother hen. 
Yeah, she's like an elementary school librarian. Yeah. Yes. You know, who's like, yes. she's, you know, she's a sweetheart, but don't you raise your voice. Right. right. No, no you, running. You'll see another side lobby. of her, right? Yeah. Like, you'll see the side of her that also in 20 years, if you walk past her house and your skin's a certain color, <laughs> she might call the police. <laughs> right. I also don't like how she always uses Bob Vance as like an escape. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't make me call Bob. What the hell is he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what is he gonna do right yeah conspiracy bob yeah. vance is he a part of the elites mm-hmm. the pennsylvania elite? i think he's involved with the mob yeah maybe has some connections to the scranton strangler Ooh. yeah that's fun i've never heard that anywhere that just came to me right now i like that that's good bob vance has <laughs> connections to the scranton strangler who the scranton strangler now this one has been put on the internet of course might be toby flenderson yeah yes Mm-hmm. The green car in the parking lot. Yeah. And Creed is just so good that they're not even on his scent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you need it. You need that, right? Every show needs a Creed. Every show needs a Kramer. Yes. Just that like character that you're like, what goes on in your world? Yeah. Right. He's like, <laughs> like when he's like, when Pam gets Michael's chair, I will mm-hmm. get Pam's chair. Then I will have seven chairs, <laughs> only one more to go. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you need eight chairs for? What's he doing? He's like smelling that. I like it when everybody um, transfers over um, screen and absorbs Stanford. And there's that lady who starts nursing her kid inside oh, the yeah. office. And Creed just takes a picture of her boobs and puts <laughs> it on his computer. <laughs> office would be canceled. It would be canceled. Yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> okay. Who's your favorite characters? <clears throat> I don't really know if I would say I have a favorite because everyone works perfectly in their own way. You know, you could be cliche and just say, you know, Jim and Pam are your favorite or what, right. or whatever. But I mean, you know, they're up there. I wouldn't say that they're my favorite, but they're, you know, because everybody does dream and have that fair tell yeah. fantasy. So yeah, Jim and Pam are up there. I yeah. love Michael. Um, Dwight, he's just... A whole nother species of human. <laughs> I think the two characters, too, that we're neglecting, we haven't even mentioned them, but I would say are the most, maybe they're not your favorite, but they're the most relatable. Mm. Like, if you were in this office, you'd be one of these two, and that is Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling his eyes at everything. Like, yeah. can I just please leave? Yeah. And then you got Daryl from the warehouse. Absolutely. I love Daryl. He's funny. Yes. Love it. Because he just, he, he messes with Michael. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to mess with him when when Michael sent that email with the picture of Jan <laughs> from from Barbados and he like blew it up into this big poster and put it in the warehouse. That's so good. But no, oh my God. You're also right. Also, to an extent, though, because then there's some questionable things he did, like you know, took a picture of Michael's salary. That's pretty mean. Mm. That's pretty mean. I didn't know he did that. I oh wait! About that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was and like, then, "I got to text this to Roy." Yeah, and then <laughs> continued to make fun of his female suit that he bought. Yes, <laughs> yes. I feel like that one's mean. The big poster of Jan—that's pretty funny. That that's was funny. hilarious. No, you're right, Stanley. Actually, I, I, I he came across my mind, and I didn't fixate on it long enough. But uh, he's in my top five, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he plays. And I and I he is the most relatable because he's he's very much like, you know, when I clock out, I clock out. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's very much like you guys don't 
know what I do in my personal life because I don't want you to. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, this is a paycheck. Yes. Like, and then I'm gone. Like this has nothing to do with anything else. And I roll and I'm out of here. Do I have to be here right now? Yeah. I'm gone. You know, crosswords. (laughs) That's why Florida Stanley was like, Whoa. Oh yeah. Florida Stanley's good time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he lets loose. Oh, you know what? That's true. I do love that episode too, the like beach day yeah, that they take. Yeah. I really do love that episode when Michael's trying to find like the, the right person to take his place and mm-hmm. they go beach day. And like one of the funniest bits is when they're in the sumo suits and Andy falls in the water <laughs> and he's just floating forever and no one cares. No one even notices he's missing. <laughs> and then the ne- one of the shots is like dark and he's like floating yes. and the light shines on him. He's like, Hello, is that so? Please, if you if I'm with a tell group them called Thunder Mifflin. Yeah, I'm with Thunder Mifflin. <laughs> and the thing about the office too now, before we transition into Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. for me, the office is a huge comfort show. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a show that I can fall asleep to in a good way. Not because it's boring, but it's comforting enough where I can leave it on and I feel cozy mm-hmm. and I feel like safe. Yeah. Like a warm hug. Yeah, like a warm hug. Like yeah. it's a, a bedtime story. And they're 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 just singing me to sleep with the songs of mockumentary. Absolutely. It's a comfort. I can put it on in the background while I'm making dinner. If I'm cleaning the house, it's a show that like, if I'm just like, I don't know what to watch. The world sucks. Throw on the office. Mm -hmm. Then now we transition into parks and rec. And I want to say this now, maybe as we talk, it'll change. I think the office is more of like my, my go-to like it never fails to satisfy right and i laugh really really hard at episodes like the dinner party Mm -hmm. but for me i feel like with parks and rec the way i laugh at the dinner party i laugh way more often like that during parks and rec yes for whatever reason however that doesn't necessarily mean it takes the top spot for me right but we'll, we'll get into that so parks and rec now you have a show about probably one of the most boring departments in like the government yes parks and recreation Mm -hmm. and they found a way to make it entertaining that to me is genius writing first of all that enough is brilliant secondly star-studded cast amy poehler aziz ansari yep chris pratt (laughs) aubrey plaza yeah nick offerman uh rashida jones Rashida, Rashida. Yes, thank you. Rashida Jones. Well said, yep. Uh, And in later seasons, Rob Lowe. Yes. Um, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Scott. Absolutely. I mean, dude, that show is stacked and everyone crushed their performances. Everyone nailed their characters 100% right out the gate. Yes. Yes. And having that, uh, and I think that everyone nailed their characters in a way that is... In the first season, in a way that the office didn't necessarily have yet, and mm-hmm. it took them a little while to find. But that's just because I think really everyone played themselves in Parks and Rec, and I think in the office there was a lot more. You know, there were some some elements to these actors' selves. Obviously, someone like Mindy or something. Mm-hmm. But like you think about just. Aziz's character. I mean, the one of the people who's really just not playing and and uh, a blown up version of themselves is kind of just Amy Poehler, because Amy Poehler is really being a character that I, that's not how Amy Poehler is in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's so funny and she's a different kind of personality. 
Um, but yeah, to you know, Chris Pratt's goofy ass, mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza, literally just She's playing just like weird, but in a good way. Exactly, yeah. Aziz is Aziz. You know, yeah. he's just Aziz. And then Nick Offerman, really playing an intensely blown up version of himself, abstractly. <laughs> But it's just him. Right, it's you know? not it far from the mark. <laughs> he actually like does woodworking stuff. Right. Yeah. And he even he even has his face on a bottle of Lagavulin whiskey. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, too, with that, with the writing, I just feel like every word that comes out of these characters' mouths is just great. Yes. Like you believe like that is what this character would say. And that's something that if you've ever taken a writing course or whatever that they teach you, it's like everything should be exactly what this character would do, how they would think, walk, speak. And I I just think they really nailed that in this show. Yeah, not yeah, not what the writer would say, right? Not what not what you as a writer would say, mm-hmm. and then you just all your characters just sound like you. Yeah, yeah. This is a great example of these characters are these characters, and you believe that they are just real. You mm-hmm. believe that they are exactly who they are. Yeah, legitimately, and that's that's the brilliance, and and especially Nick Offerman. Um, what's the character in the show name? Ron I, Swanson. Ron Swanson. I think. He might be my favorite character. Yeah, if I, I like had to that. pick my favorite character, it's probably him. I have a question since I didn't see later on in the later seasons. Um, how did they handle Chris Pratt getting hot? <laughs> <Does> honestly, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I feel like he got less funny. I agree <laughs> a little bit, not a whole lot to where you're not laughing, but I think he got hotter and now he's cool and he's not as goofy or funny. He's still very much the character. But I laugh a lot more at him in earlier seasons yeah. before he got Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he got hotter. He got more money. And he found Christ. Yeah. And you know, once you find Christ. You lose a sense of humor. He He's he's a little, he's a little, I could see Chris Pratt going a little Kanye. Not bipolar, mm. but okay. Christy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's like a little more like Chris Pratt has definitely like in real life become more like American sniper and less like his character in Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. You know? Yeah. So the thing about Parks and Rec that immediately comes to mind in contrast with The Office is with The Office, it's like, I know we just talked about how all the characters in Parks and Rec are like their characters, but it, it did take them time to find their footing. I feel like the office found their footing a lot quicker and then petered out. I feel Mm -hmm. like parks and rec started a little rocky, even though the episodes were amazing in terms of their overall arc, because I can't even remember the name of fucking Amy Poehler's first love interest. Oh, right. Literally because they started off with her, in love with this guy. Yeah. And then they had to get into Adam Scott. And then that's when the show seemed to find its literal ground. I honestly forget about that guy. Yeah. Well, that guy left too. Like after the first season, I think. Right. Let me look it up. Yeah. Whoever even the fuck fuck his name is, you know what I mean? Because that was, that's and And so you think about like Jim and Pam was set up literally since day one. And you have, you know, you have your main character, you have your Leslie Nope, and, you know, obviously you're going to need to get your Leslie Nope a love interest. And they they kind of fumbled that bag in the mm. first season or two. Was it two seasons? I think it was two seasons. Yeah. 
So this guy's name is Mark in the show. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Mark unforgettable. Brenda, Brenda I mean, forgettable. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when you got, and I guess that's what Parks and Rec does interestingly because Parks and, and Rec begs the question, what if Michael Scott was Jim? And that's right. what, <laughs> and that's what Leslie Nope gets to be, right? She gets to be Jim and Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Like, so she gets to be the person having the love story and the wacky boss. Yeah. And that's cool. So you got this guy, Michael Schur, who yeah. is like the, the driving force with these shows. And you see a lot of similarities. You see mm-hmm. the boss who takes their job so, so seriously. Like they will die for this job. Leslie right. Nope will die in her office. Yes. <laughs> and, and Michael yeah. Scott will die in his office. They love their line of work so, so much. Mm-hmm. You have a Toby character. You have, uh, so in the office, it's Toby. In obviously Parks and Rec, it's Jerry, yeah. Gary, Larry. Yes. <laughs> which I love that running bit that they like never get his name right. Right. God, yeah. Yeah, and and then you've got obviously the the Jim and Pam. You've got the Andy and April, which is cool. Yeah, there's like two two love stories. So that yeah, there's that's a couple its own love stories. Bit. I mean, even Ron, yeah, even Ron. Even Ron. Even oh, and his I love the, I his love wives. the running bit of him and his Tammy's yes. his ex wife Tammy one <laughs> and Tammy, Tammy two, two. <laughs> which yeah. Tammy one is played by his in real life wife, right. <laughs> And I so I like uh I like the uh the 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 Andy and April mm-hmm. um because compared to the Jim and Pam because Jim and Pam is very cookie cutter. It's very yeah. suburban. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, a craft beer and a glass of wine while <laughs> yeah. while watching the evening news. Yeah. You know, it's the fantasy. It's the fantasy, but like but like April and Andy are like that's more relatable. Right, like we're eating. young, we're grimy, like we're fucking, you know, we're farting in front of each other. They're eating uh, beans off a of frisbee. Yes, exactly. They don't have it figured out at all. At they all. have the three legged dog champion. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about that that's you know you love the Jim and Pam, but you love the Andy and April because you're like and then. And then it comes down to like, you know, our flaws are out in the open mm-hmm. and and that's and we love each other through that kind yes. of thing. You know what I mean? Like I love my goofy ass boyfriend and his fucking band. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my <laughs> my my girlfriend, my wife who will probably stab you in the neck when you look away mm-hmm. like kind of deal. And that's 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 the type of love story. And 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 you just said it, you know, it's like Michael, sure. He 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 looks at the office and then he goes, "Okay, how can I take some of these elements and twist them up a little bit, or how can I make them a little more interesting? How can I make them a little more relatable? Even you yeah. know what I mean? How can I even throw a, a little bit of extra, you know, a little dark magic on it and and make it a little even more edgier? Yeah, you know, like that's that's really what makes and it's hard because the office is great, but you do have to see parks and rec as an evolution from the office Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think back to the Jim and Pam thing, you love the fantasy of Jim and Pam. You love the reality of Andy and April. Right. Right. That's what I would say. And I do think something interesting that they did differently with this show is it's very much a workplace comedy, Mm -hmm. but they had one singular story thread throughout the entire series, which was fixing the giant pit. (laughs) Outside of April's home. 
Wow. And turning so, that into a park. Anne's home. Yeah, Anne's home. Right. Yeah. Because Anne and Andy are first together, right? Yeah. Right. And that's cool, too, especially in the sense of you get Pam and her original man. What's his name? Roy. 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 So you got the Pam and Roy. So, like, the 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 um, the Anne and, and Andy storyline kind of begs the question of, like, what if we saw Roy and Pam a little bit longer? Except Roy was a little more aggro, yeah, alcoholic, yeah. Mm-hmm. potential, like, domestic-y. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, two people who aren't supposed to be together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then seeing them branch off and find the right person kind yeah. of thing. I guess what, what comes to mind is, like, pop culture staples, quotable moments that still live with us. And yes. immediately what comes to mind with Parks and Rec is treat yourself. Treat, treat yourself. yourself. Love it. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is something that we say to this day. That is something mm-hmm. that will be said yeah. for generations. And one day some kid in the year 2050 is going to be like, where does that come from? And you're going to be able to sit them down and show them Parks and Rec yep. and be like, it comes from this hilarious ass show. And it might be because my brain is feeling a little foggy, but I'm trying to think of the office. Like, do we have some quotables that stick with us? Do we have a treat yourself? Basically? Do we have a treat yourself? From I, the office? I do. I think so. We have bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michael Scott, I think is probably the most quotable he because he says quotable. the dumbest shit. Yeah. I'm not superstitious. But I am a little stitious. That's true. Okay, that's that's definitely one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that hold that's same level in my head. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but definitely, you know, the treat the treat yourself thing. It, Tom and Donna, they go on their treat. They have annually one day where they just go day. all out. They splurge. Yes, and treat yourself is their catchphrase <laughs> that whole entire day. And they've got they've got Adam Scott's character who is like down in the dumps and they see him just sitting on a bench eating like a sad cup of like microwave ramen noodles. (laughs) And they're like, should we invite him? And Tom's of course like hesitant. He's like, no, he's going to be a downer. (laughs) And they decide to do it and they bring him along and like, he finds like a Batman suit, like a whole ass full (laughs) Batman costume. And he just looks like such an idiot. And I love it. And he starts crying while he's in the Batman suit. Yes. And his face is so funny. And he's wondering if he should buy it. And of course they turn to him and they're like, treat yourself. And so he buys it. Thanks. I really needed this. Yeah. 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 He's like, thanks. I really needed this. You guys. So that's a super solid episode. And I think as far as favorite episodes go, that has to be up there. But I think I think I have my favorite episode. I I was a little bit quicker to be able to find my favorite episode of Parks and Rec than The Office. Ooh, okay. I don't know if that means anything. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But it, I was very much able to pinpoint. It means one of two things. Yeah. It either means you like the show better or it means that The Office, you have so many favorite episodes. It's hard right. to narrow it down. Whereas Parks and Rec... It's like this one, this one, this one. Those are like my favorite. And there's more to pick from, from the office. True. And I've seen more of the office. Also true. Right. Well, let's hear it. I'm dying to hear it. So it has to be the episode where Jerry says he got mugged (laughs) and it turns out that he just dropped his burrito in the lake. Right. And he (laughs) was just trying to like bend over and pick it up and he fell. Yeah. Because isn't that also the episode where Andy Samberg's in it? And he's kind of like the, the, what's it called? 
I hope that's the same episode. Maybe it's not where Man. he's like the, the, the forest service guy who talks really loud. Oh yeah. He's the forest ranger guy, forest right? ranger guy. I forgot talks he was really loud. That. And I'm trying to remember if that's the same episode in my head. That's the same episode. I, I, Maybe I, it's I honestly not. don't know. I <laughs> but honestly can't I, clarify. But, but the episode where Jerry, yeah, he says he gets mugged <laughs> and then it just turns out he dropped a burrito Yeah, and he was trying to pick it up. <laughs> and then they're watching footage of it at the end. Yeah. And just fucking laughing at him. <laughs> That's 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 my favorite. <laughs> my favorite, I'd say, is the Lil Sebastian Memorial. Oh man, that's a great one. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. And that on is my that, favorite. yeah, and on that, I'll say I think Ron Swanson's the most quotable character of the whole show. Right. But, oh yeah. The Lil Sebastian Memorial again. Ron Swanson quote right out the gate. <laughs> he comes into the office and he's like, "I saw the flag was at half mast, and I thought." All right, another bureaucrat aided. <laughs> then I found out little Sebastian died. Half mass is too high. Show some damn respect. <laughs> so good. Or just, you know, he's a very simple man. I've only cried two times in my life. <laughs> Once, when I was seven, and I was hit by a school bus. <laughs> and the second, when I found out little Sebastian had passed. <laughs> Crying is acceptable at two locations. At a funeral and the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, just a one-off about the little Sebastian thing. It just brings to mind, and this is for this is a this is a praise to both shows. And this is why we love them, I think, and this is why they're relatable, I think. Is because you think about like a little Sebastian and it's like, it's like you're a local thing <laughs> that only the locals get. Yes. Your small town deal. I feel the same about Scranton. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's why we relate and love these shows because they feel like we're, we, they, it's not about, you know, it's not succession. It's not about rich people. It's not Sopranos. It's not about mobsters. It's not Breaking Bad. It's not yeah. about meth cooking dynasty. It's just about regular people doing regular shit in regular places. <laughs> and like being diehards of their small towns. Exactly. That's what they both ride. shows have in common is Absolutely. they are small towns that little to nobody ever has heard about. Right. And these people are living breathing these towns yes and i also love the bit that ben adam scott's character he comes in obviously from out of town and he doesn't get it he doesn't get the appeal of little sebastian and they're like hating him (laughs) (laughs) oh god yes so what's yours what's your favorite my my favorite has to be has to be when leslie nope is trying to run and everything is just a mess. And she has that speech at the ice rink. Oh. And like Tom's in charge of getting the carpet for it. <clears throat> Ron's in charge of building the stage. Someone else was in, I think maybe April was in charge of getting uh, the basketball. No, not April. Anne. Anne mm. was in charge of getting the like local basketball player who like in high school had this crazy dunk. And that's all anyone can talk <laughs> about. And someone else was in charge of getting like the banner for it. And everything that everyone does just falls apart completely. Tom doesn't get enough carpet. The stage, they they got pulled over earlier in the episode and they had to unload some wood because they were driving around with it illegally. Mm. So he built, built this like tiny little sad stage. The banner got way blown up. So it's only part of her face. And, so, and then they have uh, they have champion, the three legged dog. 
and they're all walking and like they get to the end of the carpet and there's still so much ice for them to walk before they get to the stage. <laughs> and like they keep playing that song like get on your feet. And, like, they just keep replaying it and then it like the song loop ends and it's just quiet and they're like struggling, shuffling on the ice and like slipping and like, so they start playing it again. Get on your feet. And dude, that episode is just fucking absolute gold and then on top of that i don't know if this is the same episode or a different one if it's the same episode even better but it is also the episode when ben adam scott's character yeah is wildly depressed because he's out of a job (laughs) and he's just like trying to find his passion he's doing everything from making calzones (laughs) to like comes up with the the calzone restaurant where it's called (laughs) the low-cal calzone zone <laughs> and it's fast casual eating oh, eating shit. and he makes the stop motion and in his head he's like made this full feature and it's only like five seconds long yes and i just love that man i don't oh. know i just love i love both of those if they're I, th- I think they're two separate episodes right i know that's the hard part is like in my head my favorite episode might be like three different episodes. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe they're not because I have a feeling like everyone gets back. No. Yeah. Because no, that's, that's the same episode. The campaign manager. Yeah. Because so oh, it is the same episode so because bad. they get back from that mess of a campaign. Yeah. And she hires Ben to be her campaign manager. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what a brilliant episode, just so much going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that episode. And they, and they will put, they'll fit a lot into a 20 minute you know, runtime. Yeah. As I'm saying that out loud, I'm like thinking, was that two episodes? Cause it sounds like a lot, but it's one episode yeah. and 20 minutes. They can minutes, do it go. and they flow it. Yeah. Seamless. They do it well. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So a quick shout out, I think we have to do to one of the best characters in this show. Sure. Uh, Jean Ralphio. Oh, I love Jean Ralphio. Come on now. I mean, you talk about Ryan, right? Who in yeah. the office is the character you love to hate. Yes. That is Jean Ralphio in this <laughs> show. Yeah, you love almost, to hate him. It's almost like Jean Ralphio and Aziz are kind of like they give me that what what I what I felt about uh, Mindy's character in The Office. They kind of give you that. They're like that. Yeah, very big baller, modern, very into pop culture. You know that mm-hmm. kind of feeling, and I like that they bring that, but they also bring a different style because Mindy had more of like the People magazine version, yeah, and like Aziz and John Ralphio have more like a the 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 Dr. Dre Fifty Cent Gucci yes. Mane version. They're the, what Tom has a watch, and it says Baller Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's just has to be you know that's that's someone who. And I would maybe argue that Parks and Rec's little side characters might be a little funnier than The Office's. I I could see that. I would agree with that. Because just thinking about Jean Ralphio himself. Oh, yeah, man. I love the little like singing thing he does. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen it, but he does a singing thing where he'll be like, Cause I got hit by a school bus. <laughs> and his sister bus. does it too. Yeah, and his sister. Oh, yeah. And then you've got what's her? What's the actress's name? She's great, Jenny Slate. Oh, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate, is Slate so plays his funny. sister, and then the two of them come together. And Henry Winkler, the Fonz from Happy Days, yes. is their dad. Oh mm. my god! That's come on, brilliant. So I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a declaration. Okay. We've talked about this enough. In my head, I've I've made a declaration. Beautiful. So 
Ooh, do I want to make this declaration now? <laughs> this is tough. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. The Office writes characters better. Parks and Rex has better characters. And I think, wow. Oh, man, that's a hard declaration. That's hard I, almost because, said, yeah. I almost said better characters, Parks and Rec, better stories. I was going to also double on that. And I was going to say Parks and Rec, better written story. The Office. I don't know what I was going to say to the Office <laughs> at that point, but that at least, yeah. And then characters, I almost got eh because I thought the way Ron Swanson is written almost makes that obsolete. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's the point of better character. And so, Office better written characters because yeah. each character is written so well. And even though the Parks and Rec has maybe funnier, like lesser characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of like, I, I think it's a little more on the, on the nose of just like they're funnier, but I don't know if they're better written mm-hmm. necessarily where the offices, all their characters and even their minor characters seem to be very calculated, even if they're not as funny. Yeah. So that's my take on that's my first take. Okay. Between the two. Interesting. Interesting. I I yeah, and it's so hard, man. It's so hard to like declare officially which show is better. Mhm. And I don't even know that that can be a conversation. Right. I think you do have to break it down like the characters in this show are better, <clears throat> but the characters in this show are funnier. Right. The characters in this show are more memorable, but the characters in this show are more quotable. Right. It almost has to be done that way. Cause I mean, they're just, I don't know. How do you pick? Right. You at home voted. We put a poll. They out. did. I forgot. Yeah. yeah we put a poll out. And oh, so I'm going to read what the, what the people poll. said while you talk about what you think. I think that everyone tries to figure out which show is better. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that you can really decide that. Sure. Each show is different and created beautifully in its own way. Of course. But you can't categorize it mm. to be this one's better, this one's better. Right. It's their their own show, their own storyline, their own people. Are there similarities? 100%. Right. Same style, same type of... Maybe you can even say almost same type of storyline in a certain way. Mm-hmm. 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 But I don't think you can really declare one as better than the other. Yeah. And to talk about what you said earlier about you having more episodes like the dinner party in Parks and Rec than for mm-hmm. The Office. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's also what makes The Office so catching is there's not a lot of those moments. Right. So really drives it home for you like wow that captured me that was amazing mm-hmm. like that's it i mean yeah it's great to have more of those which is also why parks and rec is awesome i yeah. love parks and rec but i don't know if you can really say that one is better than the other yeah i'm gonna piggyback off of that and i am gonna say that maybe my take then would be like parks and rec might have a better running narrative to your point about the thing. Yeah. But 
Um, overall as a show, the office might be better just because it literally, and I, I know we're not, we're, what we're not going to do is what you said. Cause you're right. Each show stands on its own and there it's silly almost to try and say, Oh, this one's better. But thinking about what makes the office, what elevates the office a tinge bit is its focus on the, the heartwarming moment mm-hmm. and its ability to, to bypass the comedy for the heart heartwarming moment. Mm-hmm. And that yes. makes it a little bit more balanced. To be completely honest, I I hated Parks and Rec. Mm. I actually used to think that it was trying too hard to be The Office. Right. And it made me not want to watch it. Then one day I said, pretty much, fuck it. And I watched it. And I realized this is not The Office. It's not trying to be The Office. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very different. So I guess for me, I'll put it this way. Mm-hmm. If faced with the two shows... I would say majority of the time, if I'm going to sit down and watch one, majority of the time, I'm going to pick the office. Right. Do with that information what you will. Take it how you will. If you think that that means I think that that one's better or whatever. I think for me, Parks and Rec is more of a mood. Mm. Like I almost had, like now that I've talked about it, I'm like, yeah, I want to go watch that episode I just right. talked about. Right. And I'll probably end up watching 10 more episodes of it after that. Uh, right. Of course. But yeah, majority of the time, if I'm just going to sit down and pick one of the two shows, I'm probably picking the office. Yeah. And True. maybe I'm a little more biased because that's the one I, in a sense, grew up with first. Mm-hmm. That's the one that caught my attention and I watched as it happened. Whereas Parks and Rec was completely over right. when I watched it. Okay. And I and I did watch the whole thing. But uh, I think for me, nine times out of ten, I'm picking the office. Mm. I agree. I, I, I agree with the mood, mm-hmm. Dill. It really does. Uh, and the office, that's the thing about the office is it's adaptable to any mood. Yeah. It, it is. really is. You can watch it when you're happy. You can watch it when you're sad. Watch you it when you're wa- sick. Watch it when you're healthy. You can play it in the background at a party. Yes. Oh. You know. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to that party. Right? Yeah. Right? So now the people at home. Yeah. I want we to asked you listeners. I, I put, this week we asked the big question, office versus parks and rec, who mm-hmm. you got? You ready for these results? I am so ready. I'm, well, well, I'm curious what you think because you haven't looked at the story. I didn't look at the story and, and I have access to the story because from the Red Band uh, podcast Instagram, I send direct messages to Kanye mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I push his buttons so that he does more crazy shit. Yeah. And so that's really what I use our Instagram for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I also send direct messages to Hillary Clinton mm. and I say, I know about the emails. <laughs> I tell her that directly yeah. into her DMs on Instagram. Perfect. So I didn't look at the poll. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say they chose uh, the office. Okay. What do you think? I'd probably say they chose the office. 68% of our voters chose the office okay against 32 percent chose parks and rec yeah Mm. yeah yeah so the office when put out to the people more than half 68 percent of people chose the office over parks and rec i think that's Uh, a good that's a good gauge for if we took if we sent that survey out to the population yeah and i think that's also a good gauge for myself i know i said nine times out of ten yeah i think that's 68% 68% of the time I'm feeling the office, 32% of the time I'm feeling parks and rec. Yeah. And you know what? I voted for the office on that poll. <gasps> you did. Yeah. Okay. He did. And here's why. So did my other brother. I wonder what my brother voted. When it's a poll, I mean this is a discussion. Yeah. You can really, you know, 
dive in on a poll it's a very yes or no Mm -hmm. and about 90 percent of the time i'm very yes Mm -hmm. because it is something that i will literally i could put it on and just listen to it while i'm like taking a shower or something yeah Mm -hmm. you know cooking sleeping eating crying laughing (laughs) yeah like it's just there it yeah. is very much a weighted blanket. I would also, uh, on the record, my my brother, uh, he also chose the office. Okay. My no, brother chose go. the office as well. So I guess we're office people. Majority of our followers definitely chose the office. We got a lot more Not votes sponsored. than I thought. I am in a Dunder Mifflin hoodie. Yes. You are. That Not is sponsored. true. And he I has know. a Dunder Mifflin robe, the same one that Steve Carell has Correct. on yeah. the show. Yeah, there you go. I have a Dundee as well. Oh, I love that. And I write over here. I've got my Dwight Schrute bobblehead. Yes, I love that. And I have the Michael Scott, Michael Klump <laughs> right here. That's fucking amazing. We'll That's post, a good uh, yeah, we'll post some pictures or something like that. We should talk so about it. When I, get, when I reunite with my whole pop collection, I have almost all of the office pops. Really? Mm-hmm. I got him um, for Christmas one year. It was a, a Jan Levinson pop. And she has like one of her scented candles right. from the dinner party yes. episode. It was perfect. That's so fucking And amazing. she's wearing the like red dress that she's wearing in it. Excellent. And I guess that's a good point to make is the office memorabilia. Yes. There is no, I mean, there's probably Parks and Rec memorabilia. Absolutely. But it, I know it ain't flying off the I shelves. Mean, world's best boss mug. Yes. Come on. Who hasn't had one of those? Yeah. Who, who, who hasn't like, well, I don't have one of those, but <laughs> right. I would love one. Who hasn't seen one of those? Yeah. You got the office like sign thing that looks like a bathroom kind yeah. of sign. I also have that. He has that. I mean. It's just good. Con- At the end of the day, right? What's what's the true nature of the conversation? We live in the yes. fucking golden era of television. And comedy. And comedy. There are so many great comedies right now that are consistently great. Yes. It's like, thank you. Like, regardless of who's better, or what's better, it's all so good. And we are so grateful to plug into the matrix mm-hmm. and watch our shows, baby. Oh, baby. I love it. I'll never let it go. Yes. Well, th- this was cool. This was yeah. interesting. I didn't get the answers out of it that I thought I was going to get. Right. So that, that was good. That's I liked, a good exploration. Exploration. I like doing it on the fly and mm-hmm. kind of coming to these types of conclusions. I mean, if you had to say based on what we went, I think we're, we're calling it office. Yeah. Um, but but literally Parks and Rec is l- right there. And Bro, I mean. It's you, not worse. You can't go wrong with either show. Yeah. That's really the end message is like majority of the time we're picking office. But you can't go wrong. Right. With either one. I'm curious what you at home. Uh, a lot of you voted. 68% of you. So I'm assuming the trend would be the same. If you didn't vote on our Instagram, let us know what you would pick. Right. Whenever you hear this episode, put it out there and just. Share the show with what your answer is. Share the screen capture of of our Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening to our logo, and just put what your answer is. Share it out there. We want to know. I want to know. Us. The people want to know. The people want to know. Yeah, come for us if you think anything we said was absolutely blasphemous. Please. Yeah. I would love to hear your, your um, contrarian opinions <laughs> about it. They're like, the, the best show, actually the best show, uh, uh, on television was uh i don't know fucking the best show on television 
was uh, the Colbert Report. I don't know. And, and the person who <laughs> speaks like that is exactly the person who would come for us. <laughs> if you talk like that in real life, I'm not taking you seriously. <laughs> oh, God. So, hey, thanks to our special guest and mockumentary style TV show enthusiast, Noah, for stopping by. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you, much Noah. for having me. Thank yeah. you all for listening. Like the show. Give us some ratings. we got ratings now on okay. Spotify and Apple where you can rate the show. Let us yeah. know what you're thinking. If you hate it, um, let us know why so we can make it better. Please if do. you love it, show us that love. Share, like, retweet, comment, whatever you got to do. Check and, out uh, the Z team. Yeah, check, <laughs> check out the Z team. My, uh, my personal take on mockumentary style, I did it in college like four or five years ago. And... Uh, Zero dollars on that. So there you go. That's a good brother. That's a good, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Red Band, and we will see you next week.